0: Attention this morning to the book of 2nd Kings, the 13th chapter, the book of 2nd Kings, the 13th chapter, and the 14th verse. 2nd Kings chapter 13 and verse 14. The word of the Lord says, Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face. And said, and I want you to hear this, I want you to notice this. Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice, or three times, and stayed And the man of God was wroth with him, angry with him, and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And I want to take this this story, this account of the Scriptures, this passage of Scripture, and I want to... I want to preach in your hearing a word from the Lord that I feel in my spirit and I believe is intended for people that have gathered today. And I would like to preach to you on this subject, obey your way to victory. Obey your way to victory. How many want victory in the house of the Lord this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Could we lift up our voices unto the Lord in praise our god lord we love you and thank you for your mighty power we thank you for your goodness and for your grace i pray in the name of jesus that you would have your way in this house move O holy ghost upon us i pray in jesus name that your word would have free course with no obstruction and allow us in jesus name to hear your voice and to be moved by the spirit not only challenged but changed let the anointing of the lord rest upon your messenger and upon your people lord we give you praise and glory in jesus name we pray and the church said in jesus name everybody said amen Amen. and amen god bless you you may be seated in the name of the lord hallelujah before i begin preaching this morning i do want to thank everyone for their prayers for brother enos Uh, as you know a week ago if you were here Uh, we awoke to a very startling situation. Uh, The the stroke that he had a a week and a half ago, uh, several strokes, uh, seemed to have, uh, of course, take such a a dire effect on him physically. And then this past Sunday, uh, with the severe confusion that occurred, we were uh, all so alarmed, and, and the doctors were really at a loss as to what was going on. And, of course, the church began to pray. How many were here last Sunday and remember when we began to sing that old song, Can't Even Walk Without You Holding My Hand? <laughs> Hallelujah. And it was like a glory cloud just came down and sat upon each of us as we sang that beautiful song. And, um, and, and while we were singing, the, the, the peace of God just washed over us. And uh, I personally felt such a peace from God. God even showed me Brother Enos and, and the fact that he was with him and spoke in my hearing and said, I am with him. And I took such comfort in that, knowing that everything was going to be all right and the peace of God just came to me. And, uh, and it, was sh- it was during that service, while in the hospital, Brother Enos just he he rose up out of that state of being confused and he said something just lifted he said something just just happened (laughs) hallelujah the lord touched him the lord touched him i'm gonna tell you when the saints begin to pray for the lord to have his way the glory of the lord comes on down that's just a fact and and he said something has lifted and and from that time until now, he has, he has been improving and healing has coursed through his body. As a matter of fact, at one point they said his carotid artery had 60% blockage. When they tested it again, they said, we don't know what happened, but it's down to 20%. We said, we know what happened. We know what happened. Hallelujah. He is a miracle working God. He is a miracle working God and there is nothing beyond his ability hallelujah and he desires to bring the goodness of the lord into our lives oh i praise his name oh i praise his name thank you jesus and we told brother enos we said now because you know brother enos brother enos will be right back at it before you know it and i said now we've been telling now we want to, we want to we want you to take it easy and and take it slow because we thank the lord that he healed you uh, but we we don't want him to have to heal you again so so Amen. We, we're encouraging him to try to re- truly recover from the, the traumatic experience of the last week and a half. And, but we give God the glory. Amen. Amen. For what he has done. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we're speaking today about two great prophets of the scriptures. Uh, one is Elijah and one is Elisha. Uh, Not everybody knows the difference. You hear both and sometimes you think maybe they're talking about the same person and maybe somebody was mispronouncing one. But no, there are two different prophets. One is Elijah and one is Elisha. Elijah came first. Uh, There's no uh, biological relationship between them. uh, But they share a unique place in the scriptures as two of the very... uh, uh, powerful men of God, prophets of the Lord, who operated in the working of miracles in the days of Israel uh, in the Old Testament. And and Elijah, the time came that Elijah, who performed seven notable miracles in his uh, ministry, uh, the time came that he he would be taken by the Lord from the earth. Elijah would not and did not die. He was taken from the earth. And the time came that he would do so. And, and so Elisha, who the Bible says poured water upon his hands and was a servant to this man of God, Elijah, uh, he was next in line to receive the anointing that God had placed upon Elijah. And so Elisha would not leave his side at, toward the end of Elijah's life on earth. He would not leave his side he said i want to stay with you as long as i can he stayed with him for throughout the duration of the the latter days of elijah's life and uh at one point elijah left for bethel said now you stay here i'm on my way to bethel and elisha said if you're going to bethel i'm going to bethel too he said okay but now once i get to bethel i'm going to have to go to jericho you stay here in bethel he said uh well no if you're going to jericho i'm going to jericho too and, and, and he said, all right, I have to go to Jordan. And Elisha said, if you're in Jordan, I'm in Jordan. I'm not leaving your side. There has to be a tenacity in an individual. Regardless of what they, what they see coming or feel coming, they, you, have to, you have to get into this and be serious about it and say, Lord, I don't want to miss one thing. I want to be completely and totally caught up in what it is that you are doing. And so the Bible says that Elijah and Elisha We're talking. And Elijah said to him, he said, Elisha, what is it exactly that you want from me? And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing that you've asked for a double portion. He said, nevertheless, if you see me when I ascend into the heavens, if you see that moment occur, then a double portion of my anointing will come upon you. But if you don't see it, then a double portion will not come upon you. And Elisha, the Bible says, and Elijah walked on. They journeyed on together. Thank God Elisha had his priorities right because he refused to leave the side of Elijah. No matter what business he had to do in other places, he was committed To the assignment of seeing this miraculous moment of Elijah ascending. He refused to be pulled to the left or to the right. But instead he was committed regardless of how tedious the journey. Regardless of how monotonous the walking. He was satisfied and content to remain committed to the walk. Until that moment Elijah described would take place. And all of a sudden, at once, it happened just as Elijah said it would happen. The Bible says that the heavens parted, and a chariot of fire with horses of fire came down from heaven. And the Bible says it parted Elijah from Elisha, kind of went right between them. And Elisha had to move to the side. And when he did, a whirlwind took Elijah and carried him up into the heavens and and, and was gone in an instant. And Elisha cried out and said, My father, my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. We read that in 2 Kings 13 in a different place of the scriptures. But Elisha cried out when Elijah was taken into the heavens, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And the Bible says that he went to the ground and he rent his garment. He was so saddened. He was, so, he was really truly terrified. Imagine what you would feel like If if your mentor, your, your pastor, your teacher, the individual that you were receiving your direction from and you were walking along the road and you knew that he was going to be taken up soon, whatever that means, and then all of a sudden a horseman, a chariot of Israel with fiery horses and a fiery chariot come out of the heavens and comes between you and, and takes him up by a whirlwind, that'd be a little alarming. You know, that's an eventful day. And Elisha went to his knees and he rent his garment and he cried out. He was obviously despondent. He didn't know what this meant. And furthermore, he was supposed to receive a double portion. He walked with him through the long, arduous journey for a double portion. And, and, and now Elijah's gone. And it seems like The hope went with him but but off in the distance from where elijah had been taken up into the heavens began to float something from the sky and the further it floated downward the larger it became and it was apparent it was the mantle of elijah that fell down from heaven god took the mantle off of elijah And put it back down upon the earth because though Elijah was taken up, his mantle was not finished. And Elisha picked up the mantle. Now when Elijah told Elisha, you must see me ascend. If you don't see me ascend, you don't get a double portion. But if you do see me ascend, you get a double portion. If Elisha would have been a product of 2018... He would have looked at him and said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just give me the double portion? But that's not how God operates. There's something we need to understand about us and our relationship with God. He's God. We're not. Amen. He is the Lord and we're just us. And and, and, and we tend to think that God has to explain himself for the things he requires of us, for the things that he calls us to do, for the instructions that he gives to us. We tend to say, no, I'm not doing what you've called me to do, told me to do, instructed me to do until you explain yourself to me and that's not how it operates. That's not obedience. Obedience is saying, Lord, I trust you And if you have said it, then I believe it. I don't have to know why. I don't have to understand the, I don't have to understand the background of what made you come up with whatever this little formula is. But if you said I have to see the ascension, if you said I have to lay eyes on the chariots of fire and the horsemen thereof, then then I'm gonna do what you've told me to do. I'm telling you, if that kind of an attitude will get down in our spirit, get down in our soul, then God can pour out a mantle upon us an anointing upon us, a Holy Ghost power upon us. God does not really, he's not really in the business of explaining himself. However, to the hungry, he will. To the obedient, he will. To those who have a spirit of service to him, he absolutely will. He'll take you down a journey of understanding. And you will come to a place as the old song says, of understanding it better by and by. But until you understand it better, obey. And you can obey your way to the victory that God has, hallelujah, for your life. We see this ministry of Elisha take off. Remember that I told you, Elijah performed seven notable miracles that are recorded in the book of 1 Kings. And and the, the scripture says, of course, that Elisha, when asked the question, what is it you would have from me? He responded without hesitation, I want a double portion of what you've got. So whatever it is you've got, I want you to give me double what you've got. And and so that's what I want. Can can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that Elisha received exactly that. He performed 14 notable miracles in his life that are found in the book of 2 Kings. As a matter of fact, one of his miracles took place after he was dead and in the grave. He was in the grave and only his bones were in that grave. And when this soldier fell sick and died, they put that man inside of the grave of the prophet Elisha. And when that dead body touched those old prophetic anointed bones, the power of the promise of God was still moving and operating in the life of Elisha. And when that, that, dead man touched the bones of that prophet, his heart started to beat again. His lungs started to breathe again. His eyes began to see again. He came back to life. So I'm going to tell you something. God's promises will always come to pass. It doesn't matter if it looks absolutely helpless and hopeless. Don't you know that when Elisha died and had only performed 13 miracles to Elijah's seven, but wanted a double portion, some perhaps could walk away and say, well, he came just one miracle short. Of having that double portion he really sought after. But you, sir, you, ma'am, have underestimated the living God of Israel. Because there's still a miracle in those old bones. There's still a promise to come forth. I'm going to tell you, God is worth obeying. God is worth serving. God is worth worshiping. God is worth praising. God is worth believing. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And Elisha operated like this. He knew that God doesn't necessarily grant all the, all the information you want, all of the uh, information you ask for, but he does give you direction. And then you have a choice whether you're going to obey him or not. And if you trust the Lord, you'll obey the Lord. The ultimate demonstration of faith is obedience. Obedience. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Obedience is the ultimate demonstration of faith. Don't, don't talk about how much you believe. Obey how much you believe. Listen to the word of the Lord. And obey the word of the Lord when everything in your natural sight or in your natural hearing... Or in your natural mind would try to convince you otherwise. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord when it's not convenient. Obey the Lord when you disagree. Obey the Lord when you're not sure. Obey the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. If you obey him. Even when you're struggling to believe. The Lord will count it unto you for righteousness. Hear what I'm telling you. When in your mind you're thinking, I, I, I want to believe, I'm just not sure if I believe. Go ahead and obey as if you believe and the Lord counts that obedience as faith. We have feelings, and we struggle sometimes with our feeling, and we have conflicted emotions. Anybody ever had emotional conflict where you want something, and you want to do good, but evil is present, and and everything in you wants to have some kind of a, of a, a faith in what God is saying, but then there's this doubt that's nagging, and people end up succumbing to the doubt out of condemnation. Don't succumb to the doubt. Listen to the Lord. Obey His word. Walk in His ways. Give your life to him and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Obey him with all of your heart and the Lord will count it unto you for righteousness just as he did Abraham. And he'll bless your seed just as he blessed Abraham's. And he'll bless the ground upon which you walk just like he did Abraham. And he'll bless those who bless you. And he'll curse those who curse you. And he'll multiply you just like he did Abraham. Hallelujah! you say well I'm not of the lineage of Abraham you are of a spiritual lineage of Abraham you've been grafted into that tree thank the Lord you hear what I'm telling you I like the old Sunday school song they're having Sunday school revival over there we'll have a little Sunday school revival over here Father Abraham had many sons had many sons, had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right hand, left hand, right foot, left hip, foot. Nod your head, turn around, and remain seated. Amen. Because I'm a part of those blessings. I'm a part. When I trust God and I obey God, And I can prove I trust Him by obeying Him. I don't prove I trust Him by fighting some mental battle and and wrestling all my doubt into subjection. No, no. No, I prove I trust Him by, in the face of my doubt, obeying Him. Hallelujah. You've got a devil of doubt that will whisper in your ear for the rest of your days. The way you respond to that devil of, of doubt is obedience trust the principles of god's word obey the principles of god's word oh hallelujah you may not understand why god said what he said or why god requires what he requires but trust the living god and obey his word Hallelujah. And so Elisha followed this principle. And as a matter of fact, the scripture describes a particular day when three kings approached him, the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. They approached him because the Moabites were a strong war machine, and the Moabites were about to invade Israel, and Israel was trying to Take up league with Judah and with Edom, and they didn 't know what to do and they, they they were going to go out and fight him, but when they got out there they didn 't have the supplies they needed. there was famine, and there was no water for their cattle and so so that was that, that was Not just for their cattle, but for their soldiers. That was a death knell. It was over. And here they're committed to the war. And they don't know what to do. Because all of their people are going to be ravaged by the Moabites. And they said, what are we going to do? We've run out of water. They said, is there not a prophet in Israel? And there sat Elisha the prophet. And here come these three kings. And they stood before the man of God. And said, what in the world do we do? Because the Moabites are seeking to ravage our land. And Elisha said, this is what you do. Of course, Elisha was not in the mood to talk with them because he did not have respect for the king of Israel. He said, because you're with the king of Judah, I'll talk to you. See, Elisha was a prophet, but he was a human being. He had feelings, and he didn't want to talk to the king of Israel. He didn't like the king of Israel's policy. But whether he liked the policy or not, he still has a role as a prophet of God to bring salvation to people. And so he said, I don't, I don't even want to have this conversation with you. But, and so he said, we're going to have the minstrel come and play. And they actually had to bring the, the music minister to come and play before the Lord so Elisha could get himself focused. He had to have a worship service. He had to sing an old song medley. To get himself centered and focused and ready to prophesy the word of the Lord. And when he opened up his mouth, he said, this is what I want you to do. Go make that valley full of ditches. That's all I want you to do. Go dig a bunch of ditches. Now that is not what they wanted to hear. He said, you're not going to see wind. You're not going to see rain. There's not going to be a cloud in the sky. But go dig a bunch of ditches. And the Lord will bring the water. They walked out of his presence, and instead of of murmuring and saying, that man's crazy. What kind of an instruction is that to go dig a bunch of ditches? Instead of saying that, they said, we're going to obey the word of the Lord. And if you live for God long enough, you know by now, obey when you think differently obey when you don't understand obey when you're afraid obey when self-doubt and all kinds of doubt has come against you obey the lord and you'll never regret it i have never i have never in my ministry i have never had anybody not one person come to me and say you know what i trusted the lord and i really shouldn't have done that now I have had I have had hundreds and hundreds of people come and say, you know, you know, I went my own way. I followed the advice of someone who was not serving the Lord. I, I, I followed my own path. I made up my own mind. But and, and, and I have so much regret and so much misery. But anybody who put their faith in God and trusted the Lord and remained committed to His Word, Hallelujah! Walk through the storm, obeying God. Walk when the lightning is flashing, obeying God. Obey God when the thunder is rolling. Obey God when sin's breakers are dashing. Obey God when the hounds of hell are on your heels. Obey the Lord and you'll never regret it. Hey, hey, young person, hear this preacher tell you, remember now, thy creator, in the days of thy youth. Don't wait till you get old and gray to start trusting the Lord. Put him first now and he'll bless you all the days of your life. I said he'll bless you all of the days of your life. Obey him when your flesh wants to disobey him. Obey him. Obey him when your mind wants to disobey him. Obey him. And he'll bless you. He'll bless you. You give him legal right to bless you when you obey him. And I want you to know that while they slept, the Lord... Without rain, without clouds, without opening the windows of heaven. We don't even know how it happened. All we know is that by way of Edom came water. And it filled up that valley full of ditches. And they had water for their soldiers, water for their cattle. And and not only that, but, but see, God was doing something they didn't know he was doing. Because when the Moabites came in from a distance to attack, they got their binoculars out. And looked over into the camp of Israel, Judah, and Edom. And they saw that the sun was shining down on the water. And because of the, because of the way God allowed the sun to shine down on the water, it looked like blood. And they said to one another, oh, I knew that wouldn't last. They had a league, Israel, Judah, and Edom, but they all can't stand each other. So they've, they've got to fighting each other. And now there's blood in the valley so we're going to go and just take the spoil and they went in with their guard down and israel judah and edom were waiting on them to come and the lord gave them the victory i'm really glad those kings didn't say that old prophet That old prophet needs to brush up on what he's talking about. That's old-fashioned to talk about make a valley full of ditches. We don't dig ditches. We're kings. We don't dig ditches. No, no, don't think that way. If the Lord said do it, do it. He's got a reason. He's got a blessing waiting for you. He's got a victory down the road. It may not make sense to you of why you need to see Elijah ascend, but God knows there's a mantle waiting on you. And if you'll obey, the mantle will fall. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says a man by the name of Naaman, who was the captain of the host of Syria, he had leprosy and a little maid from Israel was their housekeeper. And she, she was, she was uh, hearing that he was so full of leprosy. And she said, I know, I know of a solution. To this situation and they said they said what are you talking about she said there's a prophet in israel and if you go to israel hallelujah there is a power from god that can come upon you from israel Hallelujah. Naaman ended up going to Israel. They sent the one king, sent the letter to another king. The king of Israel got worried, thinking that, that, that there was going to be some kind of a Syrian invasion because Naaman was the captain of the host and he's coming. And, and he thought, What in the world? Elisha found out he sent word and said, Don't worry, king, send him to me. I'll take care of this. And Elisha, the prophet of God, has Naaman directed to his house. When Naaman gets to his house, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, opens the door and says, and now here's Naaman, he's a dignitary. He has come with, with a caravan of soldiers and, and servants and attendants and he's ready. He actually has brought all sorts of, 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 of uh, really payment for this miracle that that he is expecting to receive and he's hoping to have a real cordial visit with the prophet of God and and the prophet doesn't even show up at the door. He said, I'm busy. Gehazi, go tell him, uh, just go tell him to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. All right, now what, what was it you were saying? I don't know what he was doing, but he was busy. And Gehazi goes to the door and opens the door and says, Yes, are you naming? Yes, okay, I have a message for you. We got word that you were coming, and the prophet wanted me to tell you that you just go down to the Jordan River, which is a nasty river. <laughs> Hallelujah. That'd be like me saying, All right, now, Now, we could baptize you here, but no, we're going to take you down to the Ohio River and find the murkiest, muckiest spot we can find. And and we're not going to baptize you once, we're going to baptize you seven times. And Elisha said... Just go on down to the Jordan River and dip seven times. And when you rise up the seventh time, you're going to be white as snow. You're going to be cleansed of the leprosy. That sickness, hallelujah, is going to fall off of you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And when Naaman heard the word of the prophet Elisha, he said, that's crazy. He was offended. He, the Bible says he was angry. And he looked at his servant and he said, are you kidding me? First, he won't come to the door. And then when he sends somebody to the door, they tell me to go down to the Jordan River, of all places, and to dip seven times. I was expecting him to come out on the front porch and wave his hand over the leprosy and call upon the name of his God. See, we have a way we want God to orchestrate his blessing in our life. And we glamorize it and we romanticize it and we've got it all figured out of how God will bring his blessing into our life. And God is God and God does it how he does it. He's got reasons for why he does what he does. He's God. You're not. Let him be God. He's a good God. He's a really good God. And he's really good at being God. And he's greater than your enemy. And he's greater than your adversary. And he's greater than your problem. Let God be God. Hallelujah. And so, so Naaman said, this is just crazy. Well, his servant said, you know what? If he would have asked you to do something difficult or challenging, you would have done it. So, so you're, you're willing not to do this, this s- small task? Of going down to the Jordan River and dipping seven times? Why don't you just do it? He talked him into it. Naaman goes down to the Jordan River, and he's like slinking down into the Jordan River like, oh, you serious? He had his doubts, but he was obedient. He wasn't sure if it was right or if it would work, but he was obedient. And obedience is the ultimate expression of faith. I don't know. I'm not sure this is going to work. Because you make sure nobody's watching. And no cell phones. No cell phones. I don't want nothing on YouTube. Last thing I need is some stuff getting on YouTube about me going down the Jordan River. And so Naaman gets down into that, into that Jordan River and he dips one time and nothing. And two times. And it looks just like it did b- before he got there. Maybe worse. 3 times nothing 4 and 5 nothing 6 times nothing but the 7th time oh see see don't don't dip one time two times three times and then look around and say this obviously isn't working So I'm not going to do it anymore. No, 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 no. Keep going. Obey to the very end. Obey till your last breath. Obey all the days of your life. Hallelujah. This isn't something where you stop at 20 and say, well, it's not working like I hope they're working. Get to 30 and think, well, it's not working. And 50 and, well, it's not working. No, obey, 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 obey until God calls you home and you'll never regret it. He dipped seven times. And on the seventh time, he came up out of that water. And the Bible said he had the flesh of a child. He went from being stricken with leprosy to having the best skin in Israel or Syria. Hallelujah. God took him all the way back to childlike faith he took him all the way back to before there was ever a blemish on his body he took him all the way back before he had acne he took him all the way back before there was a scar or a spot on his body can I tell you that when you obey God God's got a miracle and a blessing and a victory for you that will take you all the way back before you ever committed a sin he'll take you all the way back before you ever made a mistake he'll take you all the way back hallelujah Hallelujah. and you'll oh hallelujah you'll be born again I mean, we just throw that word, that term around like it's, like it's nothing. Do you realize what we're saying? We're talking about do-over. We're talking about clean slate. We're talking about if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And all things are become new. Hallelujah. Obey. When it doesn't make sense, he said, I mean, I've got better rivers in Syria. We've got rivers there that are pristine. You can see the bottom. It's blue water. And he wants me to go to the Jordan River. Don't look at what the world offers. Because you can take a bath in a cleaner river and still come up with leprosy. If what was in Syria is so good Naaman then why aren't you in Syria seeking help for your need and the same is true of this world if the world was so good then why aren't you looking to the world for the answer the truth is you've already looked to the world and the world's nightclubs didn't have the answer you've looked to the world and the world's illicit relationships didn't have the answer You've looked to the world and and what you could roll up and smoke didn't have the answer. And what you could tilt back and drink didn't have the answer. You hear what I'm saying? And those lying philosophies of secular humanism, they didn't have the answer. The power is in the blood of Jesus. The power is in the name of the Lord. The power. Hallelujah. The power is in the gift of the Holy Ghost. The power is in the word of our God. That stands forever. And you can doubt it. And you can dispute it. And you can challenge it all you want. But at the end of the day. It is still true. It will always be true. And the foundation of God will stand sure. Oh hallelujah. This is how it works. And so. Elisha. Is about to die. The sickness is of death. It, this is the death sickness that will take him. And you think for that king of Israel, how challenging of a thought that must have been. Because this guy, man, if, if there was, a, if there was a, a, an encroaching army, they would run to Elisha. If there, was a, if there was a sickness that couldn't be healed, they would run to Elisha. If, if there was, a, if there was a, a child that died, they would run to Elisha. If waters were contaminated and polluted and people were dying from drinking it, they would run to Elisha, and now Elisha's going to die? That's unsettling. That's, that's destabilizing. But I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. And so don't ever take, don't ever take an individual for granted regardless of how much good they bring into your life, they have a certain window where they will be on this earth and there's a time when that window will shut and this time of Elisha's life was coming to a conclusion and the king of Israel was was scrambling, thinking, what are we going to do when Elisha dies? And he runs to Elisha's bedside, realizing that we're losing a treasure. We're losing a national treasure. And I'm going to tell you something, church. We have lost treasures in the kingdom. We have lost precious pillars of God who have who have gone the, through the valley of the shadow of death and they were prayer warriors and they were who we turned to when somebody got sick and they were who we turned to when there was a situation that wasn't getting better and they were who we turned to when the battles would come at us so grievous and so sore and they're gone they're, they're, they're not with us they're off in glory and, and, and somebody's going to have to pick up that mantle and somebody's going to have to be a- a prayer warrior and somebody's gonna have to be a soul winner and somebody's gonna have to stand up and say i'm gonna sacrifice and i'm gonna commit my life to god hallelujah is there anybody in this house who is made up in your mind i'm going to be a pillar in the house of god No, I'm sorry. You can't backbite me out of serving God. You can't rumor mill me out of serving God. You can't offend me out of serving God. I've got a job to do. I've got a prayer to pray. I've got a worship to give. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. There have been so many Elishas and Elijahs even in our day who have paid the price. Who have given their lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these that have gone on. Ladies and gentlemen, before us, how, how dare we come along and try to undo what they did? No. The power is still in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The power is still in the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this king came to the bedside of the prophet Elisha, and he was terrified because Elisha was, was leaving. And he, he, he cried out. Notice what he cried out when he gets to his bedside. He said, my father. My father the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. He cried out exactly what Elisha cried out when Elijah was taken up into glory. He, he, he kind of felt like if I say the same stuff that Elisha said, then I'll have the same power that Elisha had. If I, if I memorize how Elisha did it, then maybe I can have the same results that Elisha had. Let me tell you something. The seven sons of Sceva tried that and it didn't work out so good. If you don't know who they are, in the book of Acts, the Bible says that the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out an unclean spirit and they said, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And they got nowhere. The, the, the spirit said, well, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but I don't know who you are. It didn't work out so well. You can't get the power by memorizing the way other people were and by trying to, through your flesh, duplicate and replicate. you got to have the real power. you got to get a hold of the same God. Hallelujah. You gotta touch, you've got to touch his glory. And so he came to his bedside, and, and Elisha looked at him and said, he said, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to show you how to have victory. Because the Syrians are coming. They're coming, and they're ready, to, they're ready to wage war against Israel. And, and this king is afraid to take them without Elisha by his side. And Elisha said, take this arrow and this bow. And he took the arrow and the bow, and he said, here, I'm going to put my hands on your hands. I'm going to show you how to aim the arrow. Shoot it out the window. He shot it out the window. He said, this is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. If you listen to me, you'll have deliverance over Syria. He said, now take the arrows and smite the ground. And he took the arrows and he smote the ground one time and two times and three times. And then he looked at Elisha as if to say, all right, I'm done. It doesn't make sense to me, so I'm done. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. But, but what else? What, what, what next? Because I need something to, to kind of, oh, it's getting a little tedious, a little monotonous. Not going to lie, a little boring. I'm just hitting the ground with arrows. And Elisha said, you, you missed it. You missed it, you were to continue smiting the ground. Don't stop. When God says to do something, you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. Don't stop when you're 20 or 25. Don't stop when you're 30 or 35, 40 or 40. You just do it all the days of your life. He said, if you would have kept doing it, you would have had victory every time the Syrians came against you. But because you didn't understand the value of what it was, you were doing you'll only have three victories over the Syrians and you will not consume them there are so many people who look at the strange and unorthodox directions that God gives. And because we don't understand the value they have in heaven, the fact that they are connected to divine principles, so we, we tend to overlook them, underappreciate them, and stop doing them because they don't make sense to us. And we have no idea that they are connected to our victory. And so God says something like, husbands, love your wives. And you're in 2018, like, mm-hmm. And, and, and God says something like, be ye holy, for I am holy. And we're like, oh, well, I mean. And God says something like, pray without ceasing. And we're like, yeah, I heard that before. And God says something like, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we're like, we're like I get it, I get it, that sounds good. I appreciate it. I just, I've heard it three times already. And we hear something like, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And you're kind of like, well, all right, that's good. I I know, I get it, I get it. No, you don't get it. It's connected to your victory. Come on, it's connected to your victory. When he says pray, pray. When he says worship, worship. When he says repent, repent. When he says be baptized in the name of Jesus, be baptized in the name of Jesus. When he says receive you, the Holy Ghost, receive you, the Holy Ghost. It's connected to your victory. And you can obey your way you can obey your way to blessing you can obey your way to multiplication you can obey your way to healing you can obey your way to deliverance you can obey your way to glory well, come on let's worship the Lord together right now come on give him praise right now hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. I wonder if we can obey God when he says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Hallelujah. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. I wonder if we can obey the Lord when he says, lift up holy hands without wrath, without doubting. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on all across this house. I want us just to give a sweeping praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God wants to do something for you. God wants to bless you. God has so much in store for you and for your family. And your disobedience is preventing God from being able to pour his blessing upon you. Your defiance of him, your rebellion against him, your stubbornness toward him is preventing him from being able to open the windows of heaven over you and pour out blessings upon you that you cannot contain hallelujah 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 glory to his name glory to his holy name glory to his holy name Let me tell you how good my God is. My God is so good that regardless of what you've ever done and regardless of how far you may feel from Him, all you have to do right now in this moment is call upon His name. Call upon His name. You don't have to climb over a bunch of mountains to get to Him. Call on His name. And He's as close as the mention of His name. (laughs) Hallelujah. I wonder if we could do that right now in this place. Just call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God is telling somebody right now to make their way to the front and pour your heart out to Him. Go ahead and let it happen in the name of Jesus. Come on, go ahead and let it happen in the name of Jesus. Come on, don't stand back. Come forward. Obey the Word of the Lord. Smite the ground and smite it again and smite it again. Repent and repent again. Pray and pray again and again. Worship and worship and worship and worship again and again and again. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't get bored with obeying Him. Don't get bored with being obedient to God don't get bored with listening to the direction of his voice pour out your heart before the Lord call upon his holy name you can obey your way out of the mess you're in you hear me you can oh I feel this in the Holy Ghost God is speaking directly to somebody right now you can change course in your life and obey God out of your mess He has a step-by-step plan for you. The Bible says that with every temptation, He has made a way of escape for you. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how locked down you feel or how shut down or how hemmed in you feel, God has a way of escape for you. I'm going to tell you, the mercy of the Lord is sweeping through this house. Somebody needs to reach out and get a hold of the wave of His mercy. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, move right now. Spirit of the Living God, move right now! I thank you, Jesus. Eko Shandara Thank you, precious Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Spirit of the
1: Living God, move. That's it. Death could fall to death.
0: Dark in victory, our oh, thank you, Jesus. Death has been defeated. Hallelujah. Death could it to death. Come on, there's victory in this house. Death there is victory in this house.
1: Victory, <laughs>
0: make our praises loud.
1: Yes, Lord, death, death,
0: couldn't, death couldn't hold.